Welcome, the sun is out. Does, does anyone else feel like spring is happening early? You know, isn't it, isn't it nice? Isn't it really nice? Everyone's laughing at me. It's, uh, it's good to be able to sit out in the sun and to try and practice to get a... Laughing with me, I love it. Try and, try and get a tan again and stuff like that, you know. Um, anyway, I, uh, I want to welcome you all to church this morning. Sorry, I'm, I'm just going to say a little disclaimer right now. I feel a little disjointed. Um, I'm not sure why, but I feel that there is wisdom in the Word of God this morning. And although it's something, maybe it's actually because I'm out of my comfort zone. So I'm out of my comfort zone because this morning I'm going to almost have a, a historical sort of teaching hat on, which is just not me. If you've been around a little bit, you know, you'll know that this kind of... So, so I'm nervous. I'm nervous that I might say something wrong or, you know, put it out of context or whatever, but I won't because I've done, done a bit of research. And so today is going to be a bit of a, a, a smack-bang sort of block preach in the sense that there's going to be a bit of sharing on what the Book of Galatians is about because we're starting a series on the Book of Galatians. Um, and then there's just, just one thought at the end of it. Amazing, right? Like you get to go home just with one thought and ponder on that all week. Pretty exciting. So bear with me. I'll cheer myself on and, um, and we'll go there. So welcome to everyone watching us online. If you are here, uh, you know, you've just heard that it's starting to be like spring. So if you're a nomad out there, you can come back now. We miss you, we love you, and we would like to see your faces again, so start heading down, down and to the Flurio. That would be nice. <laughs> we've, got, we've got some that have come back early, and they're loving it, aren't you? Aren't you, Kent and Jenny? And can I just say a big welcome to the Weesies this morning? I see some familiar faces in the house. Come on, all the way from Yorks. We love you guys, it's good to see your face. Well, we are back into the term well and truly, uh, and I want to thank Rob for bringing the fire of faith last week with the message that stirred up all our hearts and minds. Um, one said, someone said to me after that preach, wow, Rob was on fire. Not physically, but spiritually. And it was. It was a very good preach, spoke into all of our hearts, and there would have been something that you could have taken home from that preach last week. And faith has been a theme of late. We've been exploring the idea of faith, what faith means to us, um, what it means to be built up in our faith so that we may do our Father's will on this earth while we are here, which is to make disciples of the nations. The great commission, the great call for us to do. And we have the honour of this beautiful coastline that has sprung early. This is our domain, our area that we have been entrusted with to be the light in the darkness, to be the people that speak hope into hopeless situations, to be those people that tell and let others know that, hey, do you know there is a God? You matter to him and you can have relationship with him because he's done it all and he's made a way. So imagine with me what does it look like for God's people to realise that this is their turf. Not only that this is our turf, but that God has given us 
but how we can be in a position to be used by him on Monday, sometimes even on Tuesday, maybe Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Saturday's a day off, though, right? You know. <laughs> and on Saturday and Sunday. To, realize, to really make a difference, we as a people can be open to being used by God in a very real and amazing way. So now if you would cast your mind back to last year, a little later in the year we went through the book of Matthew in a series that we called, Who Do You Say That I Am? Do we all remember doing that? We should because we all would have been reading our Bibles at the same time as we were doing it. And so then you would have had a bit of, you know, good, good time, good discussions, good thoughts surrounding it. If you want to recap on that, you can go onto our website, baysidechurch.org.au and, uh, and have a listen to the Who Do You Say I Am series. And you can even go through the book of Matthew in your personal time again, if you really want to. But this time, if you've grabbed your calendar, you will notice that here on Monday, I've put in a Galatians reading plan. Because for the next six weeks, I want to encourage you all to read along with us, week by week, to keep in step with what's happening from the pulpit here. So this week will be chapter one, next week chapter two, chapter three, chapter four, chapter five, chapter six, and then on. If you are an astute reader, you can even read the whole book in one week because it's only a small book, it's only six chapters. And then, you know what you could do? The week after, you could read the whole book again. <laughs> it's radical, it's out there, isn't it? You know, it, 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 does, it does amaze me how sometimes we just want to keep going on to the next thing, but let's allow us to just soak in the book of Galatians over the next few weeks. And if you read the whole book, go back to it. Read it again. Ask God to reveal something new and fresh through the words that are on the page because his word is alive and well. And uh, so, yeah, basically you can put your calendar wherever you're going to see it the most. So, um, you know, if you don't have a calendar yet, grab one on your way out. You can put it up on your fridge. If you have a man cave, men, put it up in your man cave. If you're a multitasker, you can put it up on your toilet wall as well. There's multiple ways that you can... Wherever it may be of use. So today the format will be a little bit of an introduction onto what Galatians is, followed by a little preach, as I mentioned before, um, on the scriptures we are reading. And then I'm going to stop very abruptly because I want to kind of leave it on a cliffhanger in the sense that I, I would like you to explore the questions that are posed in the first book of Galatians. It may make sense to you after. It should make sense to you after. So, a bit of teaching, a bit of encouragement, and then a cliffhanger. So an abrupt finish, coffee, all the good stuff. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you speak through your word, that your word is as relevant as it is, you know, as relevant today as it was when it was written. 
I pray that it's a good application for life and that it is full of wisdom, full of things to guide us day to day. And I pray that today there will be some questions that will be raised. There will be some eager hearts that will be keen to explore the questions um, and find out what it means for them and that you will reveal that truth to them in Jesus' mighty and holy name. Amen. So, I'm going to go into the theme of the book of Galatians. I'm just trying to think of when I'm going to read it. Not yet. Okay. All right, let's begin. We'll have a look at the themes and the message of the book of Galatians. So, the book is written by the Apostle Paul. Um, he starts off in chapter 1, uh, Galatians 1, 1 in the New Living Translation. It says this, Greetings from Paul. Okay, it's from Paul. This letter is from Paul, an apostle. I was not appointed by any group of people or any human authority, but by Jesus Christ himself and by God the Father who raised Jesus from the dead. So he's basically saying here that, hey, have a read of this. Take note of what I'm saying here because I'm not appointed by my own, uh, my own authority. I'm not appointed by man's authority. Instead, I'm appointed by God's authority. So you should probably have a listen. Verse 2, all the brothers and sisters here join me in sending this letter to the churches of Galatia. So he even sought counsel. Sounds like he'd written this letter out and then he'd said, well, the brothers and sisters agree that I should send this. So he's got other people's backing to send this letter as well, which is quite interesting because it's, it can be brutal. I am a friend, not a foe, is what he's saying. He is a friend. Verse 3, may the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, give you grace and peace. Jesus gave his life for our sins, just as God our Father planned, in order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. So Paul is coming in higher authority. Paul comes with this word of higher authority to the people of Galatia. He mentions this a couple of times throughout the scripture. In fact, um, it's largely thought that this was the first book that Paul penned, or one of the first books. So it might have been one, one of two, let's say. Um, he, you know, uh, some scholars would say, uh, well, some scholars would say that the book of Galatians is very similar to the book of Romans, but in seed form. So if you want a compact book of Romans, read Galatians. It'll give you everything that's in it, but without fluff and bubbles. So it's raw, straight to the point, honest. And uh, Paul would usually do nice, fluffy sort of greetings and blessing those he's writing to. Well, we don't see this in this scripture here. Um, and I've sort of called it, if you have a look, gospel shakedown. I just kind of think that it's kind of like, hey, if you want to get to the crux of the gospel, this is it. Galatians says what it is. So Galatians is not really a book for the sensitive New Age guy. If you're going to get a little bit hurt by harsh words, go read Romans. <laughs> no, no not, not, not quite. But it's, it's, it's harsh, straight to the point, and it's saying, this is what I am saying. Have a listen to this. 
So he introduces himself, gets straight to the point of what it's about, and uh, he's plain in saying that he was not sent by men, but instead he was sent by God, calling himself an apostle. The book itself was said to be written around 4953 AD, which, if we go to the next slide there, written by Paul, 4953 AD. Some scholars say that it's around 57 AD. Depends on where you get your, your information from. Um, and there's two different theories about the book. So uh, it's either written to an area, which is Galatia, or the second theory is that it's written to a people. So scholars will also say that it's written to the seven churches of Galatia. So it's directly to a people or an area. Galatia has an interesting hi history. It was settled by Celtic Gauls uh, before, you know, a long time ago. I don't have a rough date. Um, and it's in a, in a region which includes Lystra, Iconium. If we go to the next slide, you can have a look at a map there. Look, I even got a map for you. Isn't this nice? So Lystra, Iconium, Derby, that's Galatia there, sort of, you know, a, a part of Asia Minor. Part of Asia Minor. And it's a region, yep, region, Lystra, Iconium, Derby. If you want, you can actually reference the book of Galatians in the book of Acts, in Acts 13 and 14, where you can brush up on some of the happenings that Paul did while he was throughout Galatia. So it's good to know, right? Write that down if you're taking notes. Um, so because of Christianity and the wowness being it was, how it was going against the law. Uh, it was a whole new way of approaching God. A whole, it, was, it was actually quite outrageous in the time. There was a group of people that were going around at the time, Jewish people that were known as the Judaizers, and they were infiltrating churches in the region and also following Paul around and, uh, and saying that Christ's power can only be powerful if you become a Jew first. If you observe and keep the law, then you can accept Christ. If we uh, have a look at Paul's mission, it was to proclaim the gospel to the Gentiles, meaning anyone can be accepted into the kingdom of God, not just Jews. And so it makes sense. These Judaizers were going around. Uh, they were pushing Jewish tradition and Jewish background. They had, see, they had grown up with the law of Moses. So if you want to brush up on the law of Moses, you can look in the book of Leviticus, uh, the book of Numbers, and you will find all the laws that the Jewish people had to go by to atone for their sins so that they could then have communion with God. But Paul's mandate throughout the book of Galatians was to proclaim solely and wholly the good news that no longer do you need to be bound by this ceremony or ritual, but instead you can be free to approach the throne room of God in his grace. Come on. Good news. And so these Judaizers were going around confusing the Christian community, saying that to be in God's family you need faith plus kind of sounds like a dodgy car salesman tactic, doesn't it? You know, uh, hi, welcome to Caleb's Christ Care. 
Do you want an additional works package with your uh, faith today? I've got a package to suit everyone, in fact. Would you like to take out our Pious Plus option? You can go around with your nose up to everyone else saying that they are not living as well as you are. You know, would you... <laughs> anyway. <laughs> How about the I'm so perfect because I can follow the law? They were saying that you can't just have Christ, but instead you need to have faith plus. Faith plus works. Faith plus ceremony. Faith plus uh, cleansing. Faith plus circumcision. What? It's in the book. It's in the book. Faith plus, plus, plus. It's kind of almost like a twisting of scriptures, right? In a way, you know, like that salvation in Jesus isn't enough, but instead you have to keep the Sabbath holy as well. You can only eat kosher. You have to observe all other traditions. You have to sacrifice for atonement and keep the commandments. Faith plus, 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 plus. And so Paul comes on super strong and throws out all pleasantries and ties up the summary of what he will unpack through the rest of the book in just a few words. Another thing that uh, Paul is saying is that all of the hierarchy and tradition doesn't exist anymore in Christ. In terms of salvation, everyone is at the same level at the cross. And so we find in the book of Galatians that the book is a book of contrasts. If we go back to that first slide, please, Jono. Yes. We can see that there is a contrast of spirit versus law. There is a contrast of Jewish law versus freedom in Christ. And there is a contrast of slaves versus free. In fact, here I've got written the contrast between spirit versus flesh as well. If you read the book of Galatians from cover to cover, you'll find that law is mentioned 32 times. Faith is mentioned 22 times. Flesh is mentioned 18 times. And the spirit is mentioned 18 times. Galatians is a foundational epistle and sets a good foundation for the gospel in us and others. A key verse in Galatians is Galatians 1, 6 to 8. And it's broken up, um, yeah, Galatians 1, 6 to 8, and the whole book is broken up into three parts. This is information, a bit, bit of information today. Galatians 1 is the story of the gospel and Paul's journey and experience understanding the gospel. He explains the new covenant, theological indications of that gospel, which represents grace. Galatians 3 to Galatians 5 talks about theological reasoning of what it means to have faith in Jesus in light of the contrast of the old Jewish covenant. And as in the old covenant is done and it's fulfilled, so now we live under a new law, which is the grace of God. The last section in Galatians 5 to 6 is practical. So it's how we can apply it to our lives. How this new covenant affects the believer. Christianity isn't just a mind game where, uh, you know, a mind game, but it moves us from acceptance to sanctification, then to application. The application being works, which is 
done by the Holy Spirit in us and through us. So not by our own strength. Operating and cooperating with the Holy Spirit. It's a holistic approach to understanding salvation. It is justification, sanctification, and then bringing us into glorification. I like those words. I'm just going to say I ripped it off from someone else. The purpose of this book is to, one, prove authenticity of the gospel. Two, to expel legalism. And three, to establish the new covenant and what it means to be under grace. And the overarching arching message of Galatians is that there is true liberty in Christ. Hey, don't go back to legalism because there's liberty found in the cross. That life and righteousness comes only by grace through faith. And everything comes by the grace of God. He has started it, he has finished it, and we get to be the benefit of that. So having the Holy Spirit, we must also walk in step with the Spirit, and our Christ walk is connected to the Holy Spirit and is the bridge to sanctification. The big idea of the book of Galatians is freedom in Christ. Total contrast. I love it. And so that's a bit of history on the book of Galatians, now that a few of you have fallen asleep. So throughout the six weeks, I would really encourage you as a church, us as a church, to do some of your own commentary research, to allow yourself to dig deep into the Word of God over the six weeks. Um, We have purposefully spread the series out so that if you're at the stage of life where you struggle to get on board with a reading plan and you can't read six chapters in a sitting or something, you know, this is little bite-sized things that you can you can do within your busy schedule. Um, and if you have your own reading plan going on, you can read it alongside it as well and still get little snippets of it, little seeds of faith and goodness so that you can allow to have revelation over and over again so that your well will go deep and you can dive into the history of the times and culture um, and it's really up to you. So you can go at your own pace. It's kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure Galatians series for six weeks. So, if you would, with me, we'll go to Galatians 1. I'm going to read the whole scripture out and then I'm going to go back over a couple of points which sort of will give you a bit of a thought to take home today and to, as Chad would say, talk over lunch. I'm going to read this one from the CSB, Christian Standard Bible, and then I'm going to the message paraphrase because I just love the way it puts it. So quiet. I love it. (laughs) Paul, an apostle, not from men but by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the brothers who are with me, to the churches of Galatia. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, 
who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age according to the will of God and Father. To him be the glory forever. Amen. I am amazed that you are so quickly turning away from him who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another gospel, but there are some who are troubling you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, a curse be on him. As we have said before, I now say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you received, a curse be on him. For I am now trying to persuade people for am I now trying to persuade people or God? Or am I striving to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. For, what I, for I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel preached by me is not of human origin. For I did not receive it from a human source, and I was not taught it. But it came by a revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard about my former way of life in Judaism... And I intensely persecuted God's church and tried to destroy it. I advanced in Judaism beyond many contemporaries among my people. And because I was extremely jealous for, zealous for the traditions of my ancestors, but when God, who from my mother's womb set me apart and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I could preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone. I did not go up to Jerusalem to those who had become apostles before me. Instead, I went to Arabia and came back to Damascus. Then after three years, I did go up to Jerusalem and get to know Cephas, and I stayed with him 15 days, but I didn't see any of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. I declare in the sight of God, I am not lying in what I write to you. Afterward, I went to the regions of Syria and Sicilia, Cilicia? Cilicia. I remained personally unknown to the Judean churches that are in Christ, and they simply kept hearing, he who formerly persecuted us now preaches the faith once he tried the one now preaches the faith he once tried to destroy, and they glorified God because of me. So Galatians one, six to nine in the message it says this. I can't believe how you waver, how easily you have turned traitor to him who called you by the grace of Christ by embracing an alternative message. It is not a minor variation, you know. It is completely other, an alien message, a no message. A lie about God. Those who are provoking this agitation among you are turning the message of Christ on its head. And let me be blunt, if one of us, even if an angel from heaven were to preach something other than what we preached originally, let him be cursed. I said it once, I'll say it again. If anyone, regardless of reputation or credentials, preaches something other than what you received originally, let him be cursed. It's pretty heavy. It's smackdown right there. Do you think I speak this strongly in order to manipulate crowds? or court favour with God, or get popular applause. If my goal was popularity, I wouldn't bother being Christ's slave. Know this, I am most emphatic here, friends. This great message I delivered to you is not mere human optimism. 
I didn't receive it through the traditions, and I wasn't taught it in some school. I got it straight from God. Received the message directly from Jesus Christ. The Passion Translation says, that is a fake gospel. That is simply not true. There is only one gospel, the good news of Christ. Yet you have allowed those who mingle law with grace confuse you. How many times do we allow those that speak law confuse us for the grace that we have in Christ? My one thought today is always coming back to hold fast to the gift of salvation in God's grace. It is the gospel. That is the good news today. That it is not Jesus plus, plus, plus. But that it is Jesus. He has done it all. And through him, we receive the Holy Spirit that enables us to live a full life. What other gospels do we speak to ourselves on a daily basis? What, what, other, what other thought processes do we allow to infiltrate our lives when the word of God says it is Christ and that's it, it is finished? Sometimes we might allow the, uh, the gospel of, of, uh, of me to come in. Oh God, I just, you know, this is what I'm feeling right now. I know your word says this. But the truth is in Christ and Christ alone. The answer is in Christ and Christ alone. What about... Uh, I'm just glazing over this because I want to create some thought processes for you to, to work out at home, to think about some questions, some discussions with your peers. What about the gospel of woke? Wokeness, right? The gospel of... Um, you know, it's, it's funny to me that uh, being woke and uh, it's funny that being woke and trying to do all these things in our own strength just doesn't work. But then in the strength of Christ, it's actually empowered. And it comes from a heart of, of goodness and a heart of, of God, you know, a pure heart, a pure motivation. Whereas the response to trying to do the right thing um, in a woke environment kind of comes up short. One thing that I'm uh, going back and forth with at the moment is I'm kind of like, God, give me, give me a fresh burden for the things that you love. Because I kind of feel like maybe... A gospel of apathy can come into our lives as well, where we focus so much on what's in front of us instead of the things of God. There is no other gospel aside from Jesus died for our sins, Jesus was raised to life by the Father. In all of that was the forgiveness of our sin with the infilling of the Holy Spirit to give us new life in him. And that is the good news in its entirety, that we can now 
have a living, vibrant relationship with a holy God who carved the mountains with his words. Who knows why the stars shine like they do? As humans, we have this condition where we try to figure things out, right? When we finally get to the answer, we find that there are actually more layers to the thing. Imagine when the first microbiologist discovered that skin has germs on it. Okay, oh, we've got germs, so why aren't, why aren't we dying? Germs are bad for us. And then they go down the layers that we actually need good microbes and bad microbes to have a perfect environment. What about the scientists that discovered DNA? There is so many mysteries to discover about the intricate detail of his creation. Anyway, I'm getting distracted here. I've got, got some... Back to Paul, what Paul states. I can't believe how you waver, how easily you have turned traitor to him who called you by the grace of Christ. By embracing an alternative message, it is not a minor variation. It is completely other, an alien message, a no message, a lie about God. Anything other than the gospel is a no message. And we need to continue to remind ourselves about the gospel and what he has done, that it's all in his strength. It's all what he has done for us. And we just have to humbly receive. So I'm praying that through the book of Galatians, these truths are reiterated, 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 repeated, reiterated, and reiterated. That time and time again we put our feet, ourselves at the feet of Jesus and understand that it's in his finished work that we are whole and we have life. And that's mic drop moment. <laughs> I found... Some good things, what, what, what I love about the Word of God is that everything in other scriptures backs up what Paul is saying here. And so this week, as you read through Galatians 1, or if you go all of them, just have an open heart and an open mind and ask the Holy Spirit to re-cement that there is no other gospel that matters. Any other gospel that you or trail that you may find yourself going down is just temporary. But this gospel is eternal. That's it, babe. Yep, yep. That's, that's, that's it. That's it. It's uh, simple. <laughs> simple. No other gospel. Lord, I just, I ask that you speak to each and every single one of us, that as we go home and we explore your word, that you will just open pathways that will excite us about the word of God, um, that there will be pathways that just reiterate and re-cement that you have done it all, that you chase us down, that you reach out to us 
And that all we have to do is accept the gift. We love you. And we honour you. And we're so grateful for what you have done. That this message of hope is now open to every single person on this earth, Lord. I pray that we'd be good stewards with it. In Jesus' mighty and holy name. Amen.